TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to The Connection, a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Welcome again, everybody. Here we are back on The Connection. I'm Ann Baldwin, President and CEO of Baldwin Media. Good morning, and I'm Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, President and CEO of The Connection. So, Lisa. Yes. We were just kind of talking before the show began. Yes. I am off to my 40th high school reunion. Not college. High school reunion. (laughs) Can you believe it? Sister, guess what? What? Uh, it's coming up in October. <laughs> I'm really depressed. 40 years. Can Hampton you? High School, class of 1978. Oh, my goodness. I know. 78, we are great. That was our slogan. 78, we are great. So were you a cheerleader or what Hell were you? Hell no. I was not. No. I Nothing like I was now. Uh, no. You weren't like in the band or? I, no. no I did, What'd did you not, do? I Anything? Did, no. I was very quiet and very soft-spoken, which I know is oh so. Oh my gosh! It wasn't until college that I I was always a late bloomer, so people are really shocked that I went to high school with. In You're one so of those that ways. like emerged afterwards, right? I, I did. You I did. Re- I really did. You sure did. So I was not a cheerleader because I could never make it. I'm I surprised. tried out. I tried out and tried out. I'm just so uncoordinated, but I did make flag. Okay. Oh my God! You don't want to be a flag. My girlfriend and I, we made flags. It's the best we could do. So anyway, it'll be interesting to go back and see people. And you're asking me, like, what am I going to wear? I'm going to Colorado, man. We're, yes. like, having this thing in a bar. It, but it's always interesting. It's I'm always sure. Just you don't recognize people. It's crazy. crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. But maybe a few familiar faces. And, you know, we'll see. And it's the people like you, the late bloomers, that are just, like, you know, good looking, successful. And when you tell your kids, you know, you see that nerd sitting next to you, guess what? Someday that buddy's set, that person's going to be somebody. They're right. I just had this conversation with my family last night and they said, we don't believe you. I said, I'm telling you, I was not, not at all. I was sort of, I was in the background. I was low key. Well, you've emerged. You've, <laughs> That's for sure. You've made it. <laughs> Hell on wheels now. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got a guest in the studio, and it's so nice to meet you, Deborah DeJarnett. And you are the program director of the Connections New Haven-based supportive housing programs. And you've been there a long time, and boy, do I bet you've got some stories to tell. <laughs> Hi, Deb. <laughs> Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So, Deborah, why don't you begin by just telling folks, you know, what do you do? What's your job? I am the program director, too, for the New Haven-based supportive housing programs. I oversee the Andusky Center, the Ross Center, and West Village programs. So who are the people that are in there? They are the chronic homeless with a history of substance abuse and mental illness. It's amazing, Deb, what you do. Thank you so much. So let's talk a little bit more about that because you've been doing it a long time. You get it. Long time. 
So you, when you say chronic homeless, what homelessness, what does that mean? That means an individual has been out in the streets in an unlivable place, uninhabitable for either a year more or four times within that year. So we, only, we can only house individuals that are chronically homeless. They've been living in tents, living in their cars, um, living in, on the green, in the woods. They all got kicked off the New Haven Green, right? Didn't they yes. have like a little tent city down there? And I'm that sure a lot of those folks then came to you. Well, there are so many services in the New Haven area. There's a lot of collaboration. So we do get some of those referrals. You know, others go to Columbus House, Community Liberty Services. So there's a, a wide range of services in the New Haven area. It's like the hub. It it's is. The hub. Yeah, it's the hub. Totally. So how, how, Lisa, do these people find you or is it that you find them? Well, we have a central location. It's called 211, Community Access Network. Mm -hmm. It's called the CAN. So the referrals come through that location only. That is the only way any of the programs, any of the programs in New Haven that have homeless dollars attached to them, they have to take the referrals from the CAN. So if someone is out there and they're chronically homeless, somebody has to have the the wherewithal to call 211. Yes. Because if you're not referred, you're saying through that system, you don't. You don't it's hard get, to get it. housing. It's hard to get housing. It's hard to get housing. It is. Wow. Does that work? It does work. It really does work because what it has done, it is, has condensed the list. It's made housing easier and it's faster. You know, we there's outreach. There are outreach case managers that work for the Columbus House and they collaborate with the Connection, Community Liberty Services. So they're always going out there looking for people who are under the bridges, in the woods, and just encouraging them to call 211. So we have a strong outreach community in New Haven. So without breaking confidentiality, give me an example, whether it's recent or it's past, about someone who's come into that program. What kind of services do they get when they come to you? It's awesome. They yes. get case management services. Um, they have to meet our criteria. Because, we're because we collaborate with other property managers, we have to also go by their bylaws, their guidelines for housing. The ad, hoc, the ad hoc housing laws. So we might have an individual who has like a small larceny history, larceny history, but they're eligible for housing. They meet the criteria. They've been homeless for over a year. They have a mental illness or they have a history of substance abuse. And so what we do is we, we get the referral, we engage that individual, we get them connected to the housing source resource, they fill out an application and we admit them. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. I know. It's exciting. But you know what you just said there, though? It, it causes a little bit of an angst for me because it's kind of like recovery. I remember, you know, you've got to have been homeless for more than a year. You have to have a mental illness or some sort of a pre-existing condition. It's kind of like detoxes. Like if you don't go to a detox, mm -hmm. from my experience, totally messed up, then they won't take you. So it's almost like the worst the worse you can, the you know, the worse you can make it, the better chance you have at getting these services. Is that, am I No, that's not, that's not, it's, it's bigger than that. Um, there are individuals that don't have the mental health diagnosis, but they're eligible for rapid rehousing. They can also get their own apartments through various agencies. So all of the dollars aren't attached to our, our criteria. Okay. You so there's overarching agencies. criteria. So who is not eligible? What would keep somebody from accessing the program? For our services, mm -hmm. sex offenders and arsonists. They're the only two. Mm -hmm. But yeah. then there are other agencies within the New Haven area, like Shelter Plus Care, that can house a sex offender, which is amazing. 
it isn't enough housing, but there are housing. There is housing for that, that population. And Lisa, the connections really expanded in the New Haven area, you know, as, as you have taken over as CEO of the connection. Talk a little bit about that and why is that such an important focus in our state? Well, it's the hub. I mean, it really is like, you know, Deb said, and there are, you know, the, the, the I love New Haven. Tony Harp, you're amazing. If you're listening to our show, Mayor Harp, Absolutely. she's, she's amazing. Um, New Haven it is a hub and, you know, we know even if you drive by the green, you see that how packed it is with people. Our outpatient, we just opened an outpatient office across the street, 900 Chapel. Um, the services in New Haven, what I think is so great about the community in New Haven is that there is such a network that it's so easy to work with folks in that area because if someone has something going on that the connection, for example, we don't specifically treat, we're, we have someone that we can work with. So everyone, you know, one client can get all these services, right, in New Haven. It doesn't exist, in, and I'm not criticizing any other towns, but as opposed to a smaller town in New Haven, right, you can really wrap around services for clients there. And, you know, and even on our, you know, our other programs in New Haven, we serve, we serve so many people. I think New Haven, we serve the most. Clearly, New Haven, we serve the most clients. I mean, we're statewide, but I'd say the majority are in New Haven. So, Deborah, give me an example. Somebody who's come into you with what and and you give them housing for how long? How long can someone take advantage of your program? Forever. It's permanent supportive housing. Permanent. We like that. Permanent. Once they come in, they can stay in their apartment for as long as they can pay. So they, there is a responsibility on their end then. Absolutely. So talk about that because Absolutely. that's the other thing. You know, so many people get frustrated with, you know, you just keep throwing money at it. And who's paying for this, you know? But if if there's a stipulation, so I'm assuming that you provide the housing to start and then there's a certain amount of time where somebody's got to get back up on their feet and be, you know, financially responsible. Actually, a lot of our clients are um, receiving Social Security benefits, Saga Cash, mm -hmm. and some come in without income. And one of the goals is to assist them with gaining financial stability. Right. Um, and that's that's our goal from the the initial admission, to help them gain financial stability and independence. Some of our clients do really well in that regard, and some of them struggle. Mm -hmm. You know, there's they still have major issues with substance abuse, paying their rent on time, and that's why the case management is so important. We're on site. One program provides on-site case management. The other two provide scatter-site case management. So that takes some real creativity, some outreach, and getting the client to come into the office. Uh, it's very challenging, but it's also very exciting because it, allow, it allows for creativity and innovation. Do you what? ever go to work and just shake your head and go, what's going on? You know, I mean, you've been doing this how long now? I've been doing this for a long time. When I moved to Connecticut, I had that experience. I was part of the Homeless Coalition in Pennsylvania. I came from a large agency and helping this population has always been my passion, you know. So when you've had some lived experience, you just come in with that excitement and that zealousness to just help people understand that change is possible. So you you came from homelessness? I have been homeless. I have been. I don't talk about it much within the agency, but I have been homeless. I lived in a shelter in Wilmington, Delaware. I lived there for 30 days. I lived in a women's Y. I had some struggles along the way uh, with substance abuse. So that's, again, why you get it. And look at her now. And look at you now. And exactly. I didn't mean to take you out of your comfort level. It's okay. And I appreciate it's okay. that. It's okay. Um, Deb, is, Deb, has, Deb has such a passion 
and such a burning soul to help our clients and she's so enthusiastic and she really has that strong love and solid you know sobriety and belief in the work that she does that everyone feels it and it's so I, I, I'm gonna, I don't want see I could cry right now it's okay it's radio oh my god um but the passion that Deb has she you know every time I see her you could just feel it mm -hmm. and when I talked on our prior show one of our shows about the celebrate staff you know pre client appreciation right there is no other appreciation party than Deb's <laughs> because they have a DJ and the and all of the clients that Deb serve come and the camaraderie and the respect and the mutual love and, and passion that Deb and her staff have with the clients and back and forth is the most heartwarming experience and and you and you have to you have to come you will have so much fun and just to see what Deb and the staff do. Mm -hmm. I've never seen, I'm, I mean, I, okay, staff, I love you out there at the connection. You're, you're great. Deb has this, it's amazing. It's contagious. <laughs> That's why I wanted, I mean, I love having Deb here on the show and I just like being around her cause she's always positive yeah. and she's always pushing it through and she believes in the work and everybody feels it. And you know, when you can see it, you think you've seen it all. Right? right. You, you've been there, done that. And then another challenge comes before you. And then another success story comes before you. And, and, and that's just fantastic. So to be able to keep that smile on your face and to keep that, you know, skip in your step, it's not always easy. No, it's not it's easy in stressful. life. No, it's it not easy in life, stressful. let alone dealing with the challenging population that you, that you deal with. What is the, um, What's the response of the community? Because I know back in my news days when these facilities started to pop up, it was, you know, not in my backyard kind of thing. Yep. So how, how are they fitting in into the... It's amazing, the response that we get. Uh, I remember when we started one of the programs in 2007 with the New Haven Housing Authority. We were introduced to the community and we shared our views and we thanked them for allowing us to be in their environment to service them. And what an amazing response we were given. And they believe in us. They buy into what we're selling. And I think that's real important. They know when you're sincere. They know when you're not sincere. Mm -hmm. And they know when your interactions are genuine. So right. uh, we're very connected. The staff attends this, the meetings in the community, the district meetings. They have this constant meeting at the police station every Thursday. Staff is involved in that. So they know who we are. We're very, very ingrained in the community, and people know who the connection is. There's a lot of collaboration with other agencies. Uh, we sit on the task force. We sit on the housing coordination uh, meeting. So we're very involved and very engaged in the community. Yes. So it's not just a money grab, is it, Lisa? Come on, you're the president no. and CEO of this nonprofit, The Connection, right? So the reasons that you do this are? Because we believe in rebuilding the human spirit. That's Absolutely. why. We believe that every human being born deserves the right to have a good life, despite the road that's been paved for them. That's why. And we do. We believe in it. And I think that we don't give up on humanity. And I think, I think that, um, I don't, I'm not going to get on a political box, but I will say that it's really disheartening to me to turn the news on and, 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 other th and see other things that people waste their time on with all of the, the issues that we're dealing with that, that Deb sees and that we see every day, people just lose sight of just the reality. And it's scary to me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, 
it's amazing. And so the work that we do and the fact that we change people's lives, what's better than that? Because we're changing so many, we're, we're making people feel like they're worthy. And giving them a restart. Shouldn't, doesn't everybody deserve that? Yes. Everybody does. And the benefits are to everyone in, in return. So you say, well, why, are, why do I care? You know, I'm out there. Why do I care about these people? They've got addiction. They've got this. They've got that. You need to care because if these people are out there sleeping in our parks and sleeping under our bridges and, and you know, they're, they're, at least they're given the resources to, to start over yep. and to get the professional help that they need to address their issues. But again, it goes back to this old mentality from when I started years ago in the early 80s about these, quote unquote, these type of people. Yeah, these people. Guess what? We've se I've seen it all at the agency. The most wealthy, uh, established folks in Connecticut, I've seen the gamut of it. And guess what? It's, there's no difference. It is so crazy. And that's what makes me so want to fight this cause because it affects everyone. There isn't one listener that's listening right now that if it hasn't affected them personally, their family, a friend, a neighbor, someone they know, it's all around us. Whether we choose to see it or not, we want to keep these blinders on. I don't know why. It doesn't, I, I don't understand. Rock bottom is rock bottom, right? And you know, you think about that. Like I think about myself and my recovery you know, and I go to meetings and I hear the people that they've lost it all. They lost the family. They lost the house. They lost the business. They're homeless, you know. And where do you go from there? And sometimes you do have to restart your life. But it's how you restart it and the people that you surround Supports yourself. That, who right, believes in exactly. you. Exactly. You can't do it by yourself. Because I've been to programs. I've been to professional help programs where I say, thank God I've got some recovery under my belt and I've got some tools because I would have gone back out in a heartbeat. Didn't help me. If anything, it hurt me. I felt disrespected. Mm -hmm. I felt unimportant. Um, I felt like I was um, part of, you know, this cookie cutter approach to whatever it is they were trying to offer me, and it didn't work. To the point where I had a, what was it, a 30-minute meeting with this health professional, and I cut it short at 15 minutes. I'm like, you know what? You're not helping me. You're hurting me. I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. And that's the other alternative. So you have to be selective or you have to have an advocate or somebody who can see that you get to the right place. That's so key because we all need that. Mm -hmm. I need that. Yep. We've all had issues that we've dealt with irregardless. And you have to throw it sometimes in the hands of someone who really cares. And you always know who really cares about you and who doesn't. Right. And it's hard to find Genuine. sometimes. You know, my father just was in the emergency room with a heart issue. And uh, he called me, he had called the ambulance, he was fine. So he said, they're gonna do some tests and things. So I get to the hospital about five hours later, cause he asked me to come a little bit later. He was still sitting in a room in the ER. He hadn't gotten a room yet. He hadn't had anything to eat or drink. He had no access to a urinal or anything to go to the bathroom. I couldn't believe it. Thank God I went when I went. And so you know what I did? I got on social media, six hours here in the ER, Still no room, it. hashtag blank hospital. And do you know, within five minutes, he was up in a room. You know, but it was just one of those things. You have to advocate. And then he has an ear infection, and he couldn't get his ear meds. Well, the tube was broken in the hospital. I don't give a crap. Go down, walk your butt down there, and get the medicine and get it up here. You know, I just had, it was like I was fighting the whole time I was there. Are you kidding me? That's our healthcare system. 
But when you find somebody who cares about you, who researches, and who maybe goes to theconnectioninc.org and says, look at these resources, let me guide you to this, or let me hold your hand, let's go see what these people are all about. We all need that. We do. We all have issues in our lives, and we need someone to help us walk the path. You can't walk it alone. I don't care what it is. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with Deborah DeJarnett, and she's the program director, longtime program director, of the Connections New Haven-based supportive housing programs. And um, you really are there. So do you you consider yourself a babysitter? No. No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I consider us a power of example for the individual we serve. She is. We're like, we assist them. We, inna- we help them navigate through life. Not a babysitter at all. If we, had, we just need the compassion to understand. Everybody might not get it the first time. We might have an individual who's coming to us for the 46th time and says, Deborah, or to the other staff, I really want to go to detox today. We assist them with going to detox. We make the necessary calls. We transport them. We get them connected to the necessary resources to help them sustain. A decent quality of life. So it's not three strikes you're out. It can be 46 strikes and Absolutely. you're still in. Can you imagine for some of the people today, uh-huh. if we didn't have the meetings or the examples, mm-hmm. where would we be? Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah, and, I, you know, I see it all the time. You know, I see people with 20 years under their belt and relapse. You see people that can't put together one day at a time. I mean, you see it. And, uh, and you just wonder, well, but you know what? If the seed has been planted... That's what they say. You got to plant that seed, and if you plant one seed, you just hope and pray that at some point that seed starts to grow and that person figures it out. Because if not, let's go back to our three options. What are they? Death, incarceration, mm-hmm. or what's the third one? Institutions. Institutions. Jails, well, institutions, and death. Oh. Kind of sounds the same. Jail. Yeah, it does sound the same. Aren't they the same? Jails, institutions. I guess well, there's other kinds of institutions. Could be a site you're at. Let's put it this way: it's not. Those aren't three good options. They're, they're <laughs> really, really bad options. Okay. So, um, so what is it? A day in the life of Deborah like? <laughs> I get to follow her around. I wake up. Good. And I and I, <laughs> I get centered. I have my meditation books that I read because I never know what I'm going to encounter. I, I go to work as if it's my first day on the job. Wow. Because you never know what to expect. I was headed here this morning. I got a call that someone in the building attempted suicide, which isn't our, our client. We don't serve him directly with intensive case management, what be, but we provide basic case management. And his struggles, are alcoholism, and he just lost his mate to cancer. So he's struggling. So you just never know what a day is going to be like. Yeah. You know, you might have someone who's coming to you with a, a notice to quit because they haven't paid their rent in three or four months. And you have to support that individual. So you just have to go in with an open mind. She's so accepting, Deb. Isn't really? she great? Mm-hmm. I really I lo- but I, you know, that's awesome. my nugget. That's my memorable moment for the day is I go, what you just said, Deb, I go into the job each day as if it's my first day on the job. Absolutely. Can I have some of that? You can have some of that. I'm going to take that. I yeah. love that. Isn't that great? Because my job's the same. You know, I walk in the door of my office. I never know if a crisis is yeah. going to hit with a client or, you know, if somebody needs something or you just never, if I'm going to have to hold a press conference or today, you know, it's just every day is different. Exactly. Love that for me. That makes my yeah. my blood run because if I was doing the same old one, that would drive thing, me crazy. Oh, can you I could imagine? Not, I couldn't do that. Oh my gosh, these poor people! I go through these offices and they're sitting in these cubicles, and you know they maybe get a couple of pictures of their loved ones around them, and that's it. No thanks. Uh uh-uh. uh. 
But anyway, I'm getting off topic. That's why I love this. That's why I love this work. Right. So at what point do you run out of room? Do you run out of housing? Do you run? Is there enough? Do you have a there wait isn't. list? There no. isn't enough housing. There's not enough affordable housing to provide to end homelessness in the state of Connecticut. It just isn't. I mean, we work hard at it. We're an amazing team in New Haven, the CAN Task Force. Yes. We work really hard. We're committed. We meet monthly. We share our, our resources. And at the end of the day, the bottom line is there isn't enough affordable housing. And every individual deserves the right to live in affordable, safe housing. Yes, they do. Well, the one woman that we had on the show who had lost custody of her four kids and, uh, you know, through the programs at The Connection, she got the assistance and the help she needed. Meanwhile, her kids were being well taken care for in a, in a foster program. But to make a long story short, I said, and she lives in supportive housing in Fairfield. Yeah. She's in fancy Fairfield. So, you know, and it's, why not? Why, you know, why can't we, you know, diversify a little bit? And why can't we not, you know, open up? Everybody needs it. And I can't even imagine with, I was looking for a new place for my dad to rent. Yeah. I mean, for basic, you're looking at thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars $1,400 plus utilities a month. Right. And that's in Windsor. So it's, it is, it's getting more and more unapproachable mm -hmm. for a lot of people. I mean, I think even people that don't have these issues. So what, what are your goals? What do you see in, as far as the future? Are we wow. spinning our wheels or are we gaining some traction here? Wow, that's a, that's a very uh, broad question. I don't want to say we're spinning our wheels because then that says we give up. Right. Uh, so we just keep fighting and plugging for more affordable housing, for more services, for more support. We just never get, you can't give up. You just never, ever give up because we don't know when change will occur. Right. You know, if we put a limit or a ceiling on it, then we're saying, that's it, this can't happen. We can't get more housing. The politicians won't change their mind. The services won't continue to grow. We won't have creative and innovative people. So we can't put a ceiling on it. Good, where's the hurdle, Lisa? Where's the brick wall? I mean, we need more permanent supportive housing, for sure. We really believe in permanent supportive housing, where someone could really lay their hat and call it their own, you know, not temporary. We believe in that because that's what really promotes stability. Mm -hmm. What do we need? We need some someone to give Connecticut a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Or we need, we need to figure out a way to end homelessness and to heal heal people and to have more services. Cutting back services is not going to work, period. The well, pro we have wait lists for all of our programs. What does And those are folks that have been um, accepted. In other words, they meet the criteria. Those are not the folks that we turn away because they don't. So when you see hundreds on your waiting list of Connecticut citizens, what does that say? Mm -hmm. Services are greatly needed. And Connecticut, again, they've, they've done a, a great job and they're doing the best that they can. However, we always, it's true. It's not, get, it's not getting better problems. Mm -hmm. Let's say that. They're never going to go away. Right. That's a reality. Right. And so many of the issues you've got to treat from the ground up, right? You right. Can't, you can't expect stability if somebody's got a substance abuse problem and you can't, you know, so one thing kind of ties into another, but I remember back in my reporting days when they had opened up one of the first, you know, affordable housing neighborhoods in Hartford and to s brand new built, they, they demolished some old buildings and built these brand new places. They were beautiful. And just 
the mentality of the people that are walking, this is my house. I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to mow the lawn. I can't Wonderful. wait to plant flowers. I'm going to have people over for dinner. I mean, you know, that pride in home ownership, that pride it that is. you get when, when this is mine. Safety. Right? Safety, home, security, all home, that. Home is supposed to represent a safe haven. Mm -hmm. You put the key in and that's your place that you feel safe. Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves to have that, period. Absolutely. But again, it's not just that for folks that we serve. It's also the wraparound services that they need. Right. And that's what Deb and her, her staff do. Right. Well, it was so nice to meet you, Deborah. Thank Likewise. you so much. Thank you and for continued me. success. I never say good luck because it's not about luck. And I love your attitude. I love your spirit. And how fortunate is the connection. But more importantly, the people that you know, have the opportunity to work with you, um, you know, just to have that energy and have that, you know, conviction and belief that people, you know, can better their lives if they're, if they're Thank you, Deb, for they need. rebuilding the souls of so many people Thank in you. Connecticut. And I'm going to come to your next celebration. Please do. Okay? Oh, it's amazing. Woohoo! So much fun. I always love a party. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of dancing. All righty. Well, we want to thank you all for listening to this edition of The Connection. We'll see you back here again, same time, same place, on WTIC News Talk 